Taco Brothers Podcast. Where two brothers from another mother come together to talk about what's going on in urban pop culture, sports, music, health, and real issues that face our community. These people here, what they do, they for real. All straight with no chaser and a splash of comedy. <laughs> Very funny. This is Talk, Talk, Talk of Brothers Podcast. Let's get this thing going. And now your hosts, Godi and Smash. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Godi. And it's your boy, Smash, coming at you. Welcome to another episode of Talker Brothers Podcast, episode 13. What's going on, dog? Man, just another day, another dollar, as they say, man. What's good with you? Trying to get these last few few days of some out the way. Get these kids situated for school. Winding them down for, uh, I guess you would call a, uh, a smack of reality. <laughs> the fun you- is over. You know you ain't ready for them to go back to school yet. Man, please. They gonna... I watched a video the other day of this lady, and she was walking around talking, talking about, please, teachers need a new car? I get a new car. Need a new <laughs> pillar? I get a new pillar. And that's my sentiments exactly. Whatever these teachers need to get these kids in school, if I got to sponsor one or two kids, so be it. <laughs> get them out the house. Get them back into somebody's learning environment. Man, it can't be that bad, bro. Man, these kids, bro. I mean, you know, it starts off good, and then progressively, you know, they run out of things to do, and and progressively, my nerves get shorter and shorter. You you think uh, they should go to school all year round? All year round. All (laughs) year round. Now, if I was in their shoes, I would probably say different, but... (laughs) I think they should. I mean, we went like we went to Jamaica. You know, they go to school year round too. So I mean, it's 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 a plus and a minus for it. But I I, I really do. I mean, all jokes aside, I do think they should go to school all year round. I mean, at least like three months, like three months on, two week, two months off. I mean, two weeks off. You know, something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. No, I can see that. I think they should too. Uh, over in Japan, I know they go to school all year round. Hell, sometimes they even go on Saturdays in Japan. Like. Your sports day is in uh, on Saturday, so they go to school on Saturdays over there. So I think all year round ain't a bad idea because nah, these nah. these what two was it two months two and a half months they get out of school for two summer? and a half yeah two and a half long months. So I, I mean if they do it in two week spurts that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be bad at all. You should you should suggest that man. Uh, I have school board told me <laughs> stop calling. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I was volunteering my time. Shoot, <laughs> make that happen. <laughs> what else you got going on? What's going on in your end, man? Man, ain't nothing much, man. Just uh, like you said, enjoying these last couple days of summer, man. Up here, like you can feel the um, like Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. You can you can feel it. You can feel it coming up here, man. Uh, you go outside in the morning, it's like 59, 60 degrees, and it's a, a chilly 59, 60 degrees. It ain't a nice, uh, you know, balmy 59, 60. It's, it's chilly, so winter is coming. So man. just trying to enjoy these last few summers. So I'm glad you are, because we wake up in the morning, the mosquitoes wait you, wait you at the door, <laughs> the door with a cup of coffee, so <laughs> it's hot. Yeah, it ain't it ain't hot. It get hot in the afternoon, but that's about it, man. Um, you know, I got a couple more, couple more nice sunny days that I'll throw some stuff on this on this grill right here. Bro, stop it! It it can be below thirty, <laughs> and you're gonna be the only man on the block with a barbecue pit smoking. I, I'm gonna have it smoking, and, and guess what else I'm gonna be doing <laughs> while it's smoking? <laughs> Got something in the cup. Well, that, and I'm going to be throwing some cornhole. <laughs> oh, man, please. <laughs> for my listeners, for the listeners who haven't, we got an on, ongoing dispute about cornhole. So <laughs> jump into the group and let us know, are you or are you not a cornhole player? Is it a pastime or are you serious like this dude here? Cause he is serious about his cornhole. Hey, it's just it's just something fun to do, man. And, and you don't have to have no athletic skills to play. None, well, none at all. Bro. <laughs> none at all. <laughs> but you, it's a must that you have some something in your cup to drink. I ain't say it's got to be alcohol, but it's just got to be something. In it. it could be some right. Kool Aid with heavy sugar. 
<laughs> or just some water, you know what I mean? But right. you gotta have something. The only sport where everybody's ambidextrous. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't matter what happens. Right. You, you come on out here. I'm gonna get you on it. You gonna be. You gonna be. Oh I, well, I I'll say this much. I, I and I and I mess with you about it all the time. But I know for sure, like anything we do, you pull those boys out. <laughs> we both gonna be at each other next trying to win this daggone game. So I, I'm not disputing that, but I, my thing is who is out here really playing it like that? Us. Not not others, but us. <laughs> I, I think so, man. We, I'm, I'm going to put a poll up and see what's going on, man. We, yeah, oh, I'm definitely about to put a poll up, <laughs> that, now that you said it. So like I said, those in the group, hit us up, let me know who's playing cornhole, who's not playing cornhole. We'll pull a poll up and and I guarantee you, it'll be more of my thinking versus less of your thinking. <laughs> we'll see. We, we'll let the people decide this one. <laughs> so don't get mad at us because this is going to be an ongoing running topic <laughs> until <laughs> the end of football season. <laughs> until we either one of us we get proven right or wrong. I, don't worry. I'm going to pull him into the cornhole world. Y'all, y'all just wait and see. Oh. Well, you can pull me in for an episode, <laughs> but it definitely won't be a series. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. What you got on deck today, man? What we talking about? Man, we got a array of things to talk about, but I, I think, I don't know. I, I think you want to jump right into what we kind of been arguing about, and we said we was just going to end the argument and bring it to the air, right? Oh, the last test you talked. Yeah, yeah. You oh, want to jump right into that, no or you want to hold well, we that to jump the end? Right? Nah, nah, nah. We go ahead, let this cat out the bag now, and go ahead and talk about this because we're gonna find out where's Rachel. You know? <laughs> so we're gonna figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right man. You got me laughing, kiss. I'm just seeing old boy sitting on the ground. Where's Rachel? Sitting on the ground. Where's Rachel? <laughs> like, and then with Kim, he jumps up. Well, nobody want to help me when I'm hurt? Dude, everybody lost, bro. You're not the only dude. And that's going to lead us into this conversation <laughs> about the casting characters of Last Chance You. For for the listeners who, who don't know what we're speaking of, <laughs> there's a show on Netflix that they're in their third season, which is Last Chance You. It chronicles and follow. Um, some troubled kids that, that get a second chance to actually go to uh, various junior colleges and they follow them through their trials and tribulations of a complete season. So this third episode, um, we're kind of like on different sides of the fence on the tactics of the coaches, the tactics of the, tactics of the players and, and the handling of the players and the handling of the media and, and so on and so forth. So I'm going to let you go first because I know we're going to start with the coach because I know that was like the biggest rub between us is Jason Brown, the head coach at ICC, um, which is a junior college. They're following the junior college in, in Kansas in the Jayhawk League. So um, that was the biggest argument for both of us about his his handling of players and everybody surrounding his program. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I mean – First of all, and I don't think he's a, a good head coach. Um, all he did out there was scream MF this, MF that. And I mean, like, we all get cussed out as uh, football players or whatever. But, like, his was just assess- excessive. And he wasn't out there leading the team, man. He The players were telling him the plays that he needed to run. And I just... I, I can't see nobody no, following this guy. No, stand corrected. No, stand corrected. Only, only Malik Henry was telling him. Nah, to man, you got to go back and look, man. All the players, like even um, what's the little receiver name? Is it Carlos Thompson or Carlos? Thompson. Yeah, he was telling yeah, him what know, plays yeah. to run, man. Like, yeah, he did say in that one episode, he did say that yeah, coach needs to know his personnel. But that's any that happens on any football field, so I don't even count. No, that. he he told him a play to run, man. I'm telling you, like you gotta go back. I look, I watched this stuff because I was I saw everybody talking about old Malik Henry, man. But like to me, he he has a problem. He's a spoiled little brat. Like, yeah, we gonna get to him. Let's go back to Jason Brown. We gonna get to him. Let's go back to Jason Brown and talk about what your likes and dislikes of Jason Brown. 
he he's not a coach he it was the way he's coaching is toxic man you you're not gonna follow anybody like that like nobody has respect for him far i wouldn't have respect for him far as the way he's out there trying to um gain respect he's just out there cussing and trying to do this and do that and when i say this and that he's trying to force them to follow his way instead of actually teach these guys these guys are there at juco for a reason and mainly is because they did something bad at the school they were at or they didn't have the grades and he's out there trying to like degrade them in my opinion because when you when you keep saying mf this and y'all acting like a bunch of um dicks or whatever he kept saying like that, that ain't that ain't gonna motivate me dude like you instead of making me not want to play for you like okay. and all them players the are saying show, that but the show is called last chance you am i correct it is yeah these are kids who are on their last chance. Even like one of the coaches said, we signed last year, we signed 20 plus knuckleheads. This year, we have unlimited number of knuckleheads. So, again, I'm going to say it again. I said it off wax. I'm going to say it on wax. I do not condone, condone Jason Brown's uh, tactics of all the profanity and how he talks to the kids. Now, I don't have a problem, and I'm a big proponent of this. When I coach, I've been coaching youth football for over 20 plus years. Right. And I always have the motto of this, which is build, break, build. I want to build a kid up. I want to break him down. Build and then I want to build him back right. up. So when I look at a coach and I see a coach, if those three standards aren't being, if those three uh, points aren't being uh, taken, to me, I think it's a problem. For him, okay, his build, break, build method happens. He may break you and then two days later he may bill you and then three days later he may break <laughs> you so he's kind of reverse coach now again i'm not like i told you before i don't condone his all the cussing and all the mfs and all the you know all the swear words i don't condone that but what i do condone is the results i do i do condone the, the unconditional tough love because these kids need this tough love in that environment these are this is their last chance and part of the reason why they're where they are is because they were being coddled they were being um put on this pedestal and they could do no wrong so part of what he's doing i understand it and part of his background as well as coming from compton right is that's just who he is and that's just what he is and you got to commend him for that because he's not changing his stripes for anybody now I will say this, as there is a, a learning curve for him if he wants to go on to do bigger and better things. Yes, he does have to curtail some of the things that he do, but those kids need that tough love. Those kids need to be treated in a harsh manner to to understand that life is not going to take any any stuff off of you but you know there's a difference between tough love and just cussing somebody out man that was that was more on the borderline of um agree domestic violence as far as verbally uh, it wasn't well, like like verbally abuse i agree with what you're saying with the bill break bill but he wasn't he was just breaking he wasn't building like yeah. i didn't really see him yeah. out there helping anybody man and, and yes but at, at at the end of the day does does this man get results can you can you you still won't agree that the man gets results you you so busy you can't see you can't see past his antics and what he does that you can't see the results that he's that he's got like i'm, I'm saying that thompson right carlos yeah. thompson for example he's followed this man from garden city now to there and they've had their run-ins but it's a mutual respect that he understands that coach what he's saying he's not being it's coming across as malicious and with ill intent but that's truly not that's not where it is you have to look past that surface and understand the value what he brought to that program and what he's bringing to his program you're talking about a program that was that hadn't won anything in 40 plus years that was the doormat of the jayhawk league and for him to come in and turn the culture around in two seasons and win the jayhawk league with his antics and the way that he handled people. And I'm not saying that's correct, but I'm saying he's gotten results. So you can't overlook his results. 
I ain't gonna overlook it, but I'm not gonna say that his the results was from his coaching. Cause I, I didn't see, in my opinion, I didn't see any coaching out there. Like I could have took anybody that that coaches right now and put them out there with those players. And if you show them any type of stuff, you could have been successful. I'm not what I'm saying is he didn't show me anything that showed that he had coaching capability. Even when you look at the the team they played, I forgot what team it was. I think it was Fort Hayes. Yeah. When they played Fort Hayes and he was at that school and the coach, you know, told him that he wasn't ready to be a head coach. He that's why he didn't recommend him to be a head coach because of the way he act. And this this is what really this is how I really know. I'm I'm tell you two things why I say his antics not just his antics but he's not ready to be a coach just yet he needs to like work on himself but every time i watch that that's uh the show my wife was like man that coach always cussing them out and then she was like i couldn't work for him because he cusses out his coaches too and that's what was going on he was cussing out his coaches i mean when your coaching staff and you saw that that coach was trying to fight him you losing control like the players are seeing that you losing control of everything man and that's where i was saying like he never to me he never had control of that team he just won because those guys know it's their last chance so they they just playing yeah, yeah i agree with you i agree with you on that point and I, I i would i would think you know you're only as good as especially with sports you're only good as your assistants and if you lose if you lose your assistants and it's kind of a trickle effect right okay and with sports, you know, like I know, we both play football, and we know that you take on the demeanor of your coach. So if your coach is real soft and real candid and he's not an outgoing person, your team tends to play like that. If you're an outgoing, rugged, aggressive type of person, a different, uh, aggressive type of leader, you tend to be that. So I can – I understand what you're saying, but I don't agree with you. Okay. Something – in that environment, in that environment is conducive for that. Now, like any sport, sometimes the players can make the players can make a coach look better than what he really is. Right. And I think that's what happened with this team. Exactly. That there was that he had so much talent that his coaching style, and I'm agreeing with you on that he's not the greatest of coaches. But I, I can tell you that he he can get people to see his vision and follow his vision. Now, how he executed his vision, yeah, it was totally off. But for him to take a program and get 37 five-star uh, type talent athletes into that program and and try to build them and, and get them into a cohesive unit, and it has their ups and downs. And I guarantee you, if we go to any program, we put a camera on any program for 24-7, 365 for a whole year, we will see all kind of stuff. And I'm talking oh, yeah. about the most the most prettiest programs. Just like right now, you got Ohio State going going through stuff with with, with uh Urban Myers, right? Yep. And Penn State with Joe Pop. So this type of stuff is is always going on. This type oh, of stuff happens you, in any program. You, you forgot um Florida with all the uh arrests. But that's a given, man. <laughs> Florida is just a whole nother animal, bro, and I'm just I'm baffled by that, bro. I mean it's like we're always off wax. And for our listeners, we got what we call the off-season police blotter championships. And right now, Florida is, is leading the way. And it's just baffling me how much stuff that comes out on that program. That's a given for us. So, <laughs> But check it out, listeners. You'll be, you'll be surprised. And we'll put that list up for you guys, too, who's leading that race. <laughs> but no, but I, I don't – and I understand what you're saying, and I agree with what you're saying, but I don't agree with that these kids deserve to have – um, to be to be taught softly, because you realize how many times on that show, when anybody, whether it was Jason Brown, whether it was Jason Maud, Coach Harris, Coach Diaz, and I'll get on Coach Diaz. I just think Coach Diaz was just getting played like a fiddle. The, the quarterback coach but, was that him? Yeah, the quarterback yeah, yeah, coach, yeah, yeah, Diaz. But how many times did somebody try to give those kids constructive criticism, and they just couldn't handle it? They just couldn't handle it. Whether it was full of cursing, whether it was whether it was taken in uh, a respectful manner, because really Jason was the only one that was really acting a fool as far as language-wise. Everybody else was like on an even page right. of you know, let's talk to these like young men. And then when you, but even when they gave that constructive criticism, they just 
why he picking on me why but that's the reason why they are where they are because they have to be able to learn and grow as a man and sometimes you have to have those different dynamics the actual abrasive jason brown and then you have everybody else to go around them because these kids have to learn man this is it just it's just so disheartening to see these kids squander such god-given talent because they think they know everything and they just don't know anything everything and that's their last chance and he's the type of person that comes from a rough background and his abrasiveness is the wrong the wrong approach but his intentions are good. Nah, I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, and I understand, and that's how he gets his players because he comes from that that rough background of Compton, and they understand what he went through, and he actually made it to uh, went through the the route they're going through JUCO and made it to the to the league and played and stuff like that. But my thing is like he still like he's still not teaching these guys like these most of these guys have can't come from a broken home or some type of inner city type of struggle and he's he's just degrading them and degrading them i mean like i looked at those guys and i felt bad man because that old boy bobby bruce man he couldn't even he could barely read like he could barely talk you know what i mean like and i'm like he been coddled like you said he been coddled all his life because he could play sports but we forgetting about like them as like how many how many people play football and had nfl dreams but how many of them really make it we need to start focusing on like the school more than the football like the talent is gonna be there we can work with that because that's natural we can we can work with your natural talent but we need to get you your your mind ready for life after football because you could get hurt and not even make it to where you're trying to go you know what i mean yeah yeah, education is always first. Don't get me wrong. That is definitely first. And a lot of those kids were in that situation, this JUCO situation, because their education uh, wasn't up to par. But that's even a conversation there. I just think, like, somebody like Bobby Bruce, he he was in – I don't think – had he had – he's the type of kid that's just – wanted somebody to guide him and teach him and 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 put him in the right position and for him i kind of give bobby bruce a pass because he just didn't know any better and he had a situation where he was trying to find his place in this world that he's seen his cousin get murdered on the same playing field that he played as a youth his parents are in and out of jail Um, he lives in substandard housing um, and like the coach said, he can't, how can a kid educate himself if he has to endure this kind of living environment? No, so true. I kind of, I kind of felt sympathy for him because when he breaks, when he, when he broke down and had to, to find himself, it was always resorting back to his, his old ways. Yeah. But think about it. Jason Brown had a good relationship with his high school coach, right? Yeah. And he, his high school coach told him, hey, man, stay on him. He need that tough love. He understands that tough love. And he sat him down, and Bobby Bruce went from missing class to smoking weed to, to just being this mischief on the program to that was a pivotal turning point for him in the program was, you know, I'm not getting any playing time. What am I here for? To sit him down and help him understand. And he didn't cuss him out. Jason Brown didn't cuss him out. He talked to him like a man. And he understood. And as that show progressed, Bobby Bruce was a contributing member to that team. Academically and athletically. So for him, I give him a pass. But people like Malik Henry, they don't get a pass. (laughs) They don't get a pass. Under no circumstances do I give this kid a pass. He's a small immature, selfish brat. And to say it the entitled. least. Entitled. He feels entitled. And he feel very feel feel very entitled. And that's the epitome of somebody of uh, the a pure contrast of a Bobby Bruce to a Malik Henry. From somebody who just don't know any better to somebody who knows better but just don't care. I gotta have it my way. Yeah and 
I, I, I mean, I feel the same. Like, I, I understood what y'all were saying about Malik Henry. I feel the same, and I feel that he's a cancer on any team he is. My point Cancerous. with that was that he wasn't the problem of the team. Like, because for me, like, and you probably done the same thing. I know when I coached Little League, I had my star player, man. He, I asked him to do, well, I told him to do something like some, um, he fumbled the ball or something. I had him do some up-downs, and he was like, he ain't going to do them. I said, well, if you ain't going to do them, you can go home. And he thought I wasn't going to kick him off because he was the best player. I kicked him off the team. Right. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going to have that. Like, everybody going to know. Like, you the best player. But it still take uh, 10 other people on that side of the ball that we doing right now, wherever you at, to work. But it takes at least 22 of us to win, you know what I'm saying, as a team. So, I, I wasn't going to have it. And I didn't understand why they just – why they kept putting up with him and not kicking him off the team. Because he's such a great talent. I mean, come on, man. You think about this kid wasn't going to class. This kid was late for class. This kid was trying to sit on the bench and get people on his side, trying to divide the team to see, understand his point when he didn't get it. He didn't get his way. You know, all on the sideline. At some point in time, first of all, as a kid, you will respect authority. Yeah. Regardless if you think it's they treat you right or wrong, you gonna respect authority. And, and you would not sit here and banter with me back and forth as an adult. And that's what I'm saying. You know, I, would you have cooked, Would you have kicked him off the team if you were the oh, coach? Been, dude, remember I was, remember I was, <laughs> I was texting you when I was watching it. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been gone episode two. It would, have been, it would have been no more Malik Henry. He, he would have been gone. But then I kind of blame. I don't kind of. I don't just blame that coaching staff because they inherited that problem. I, that problem was manifested way back when high school. The kid went to three different high schools. The kid had a uh, lived into a, a you know a, a co-parenting situation yeah. where they didn't get along. The dad didn't show up till the kid was like, "Oh, he's a talent," yep. and he just was misguided. And again, I'm not blaming. I'm blaming Henry, but I'm not blaming him because he just again that's one of those kids that just doesn't know any better. Yeah. But because at some point in time, if I tell you, man, that stove is hot, don't touch it, and you still re repeatedly want to touch it, so you got to learn your lessons the hard way. Just think about it, man. Of all those kids, he still didn't get a scholarship at the end of the show. Yeah, I mean. To this day, he's sitting at home. Anybody that watched it, you wouldn't give him one, man. The way he was, like you're saying, talking back to the coaches. And he was just a cancer. Like I agree, I agree with what y'all said. I was just saying that I think the whole problem in the team was the coach. But Malik Henry would no way make. I wouldn't even pick him up for a game of pickup or flag football. Nothing. Because he's Nothing. he's he's just gonna be toxic. One bad play, and he gonna blame it on everything. I mean, and what Coach Brown said about him on there, like the dude needs to get hit, needs to get a scar under his chin, was true because he didn't like to get hit, and he was just a prima donna, which goes back to your Where's Rachel what? story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Where's Rachel? <laughs> but but even for for him in that in that first or second game, I can't remember what game it was. When he give him a plate, man, listen, I've coached over 20 plus years. And if a kid was to ever change a play that I call, whether it was right or wrong, you got to go. Because that's the ultimate disrespect. Ultimate disrespect. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, of all my playing, me playing football to me up to my over 30 plus years of my life, I've been involved in, in, in football. And I have never, ever disrespected a coach to the manner this kid has disrespected a coach. And in his mind, he was right. Even when he was admittedly, admit he was wrong, he still didn't want to do his up-downs right. He still didn't Horrible. want to do his lunges right. Yep. He just, the, the kid is just a byproduct of what we see every day in America in sports. That if you have this, this top-tier athlete, you want to <laughs> coddle him. You want to baby him. Right. Yep. But then that's the kid, like you said, that's the kid that needs the most tough love. Because if you could be tough on that kid, the mediocre kid sees that, then he's gonna do better. And I always tell my kids, I always tell my my, my top athletes, listen, if you out here running around the field and you giving fifty percent, then that means the kids that's less than you, they're only giving twenty five percent, right? But right. if you out here giving a hundred percent. Then the kids gonna give as much as they can give. So, give me your all, 
and I'm gonna give you my all, and the rest of your team is gonna follow. They're gonna they're gonna line up behind you. They're gonna run through a brick wall for you. Exactly. This, I I love the show, but I was so glad it ended so I could stop watching Malik Henry. It was just so (laughs) disgusting, bro. It was just even with you know even with Jason Brown, he was like you know you cringe to see him. Even when he went to a, a a public setting when he had to do his his coaching duties of of after you know post game talks and go to the, the Rotary Club and speak, you just see that intellectually he wasn't there. You right. know, he's not on that level intellectually to be able to communicate and on on that level to those to that type of environment in Kansas or anywhere for that matter. But his intentions were good. You know oh, what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Every nail, every paintbrush. So I, that's why I kept saying I overlooked his antics because his intentions were good. He wasn't doing mm-hmm. anything maliciously to hurt you. He wanted the best out of all these kids, and he only knew how to do it how he knew how to do it. And that was, unfortunately, through a lot of cursing. Now, I would love to see them do a season two with them to see if he's has see if he is a, has evolved not only as a person but like you said as a coach because a lot of times you're right a lot of plays he called he just was lost in the sauce yeah you know the game was just moving too fast for him and the sheer talent won games for him yeah and and I, I think the, it goes back to a point I've been saying man and, um about these kids I think they need to stop like you're saying calling these kids I mean like yeah we get it you you're great you're a great talent. And we love what you do on the field. You produce results. But, like, that's why I hate the whole recruiting process. Because these kids have been told since Pop Warner that they, they're they the best thing since Sliced Bread or Emmitt Smith or Barry Sanders, whoever you want to compare them to. I think, like, when you come out of high school, if we're actually trying to uh, emulate and simulate the next um, level, then as far as getting you to college and then from college to the pros, then let's just draft you. Let's quit saying where you want to go. You, hey, you, you want to play football? You gonna go away from home? We need to get you away from anything that could be toxic to you and put you in this environment. If you really want to play, you are gonna survive. Yeah, that's extreme, but I get, I get your point. But I, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Just force, force the change. But, force the change. Get them out of that environment. And and get them to see something different besides what they want instead of le- allowing them to make that make choice. The choice. That's a big choice, them, bro. Right, right. I mean, I get that. I mean, it just needs to be something, but they just need to stop being coddled and just be like, you know, like you're a regular player. Like, I know you have special talents. Like, you have special talents than maybe the average player, but you're still just a player. Like, like Malik Hearing left. Florida State moved on without him. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like it, it really hurt them, not, not him being on what's team. What's up with your boys? What's up with your boys? So because Franklin was Franklin was soft like that, and Malik was soft like that. So you said we're going to the yeah. next topic. What'd you say? No, not the next topic. <laughs> we're still on the same topic. Nah, we ain't gonna run from this, this argument. I was setting you up for this. Why are you one. trying to talk about my so, boys, man? Uh, man, I'm not talking. Well, I'm, I'm you know I'm gonna say it like this. I don't think it was necessarily Florida State. I think it was Jimbo Fisher because the same – you think of the type of quarterback that he actually attracted. Oh, yeah. Jameson Winston, Franklin, you know, uh, what's the dude now with the red hair that y'all got? Francois. Francois yeah. And then Malik Henry. I just think that's the broken type quarterbacks that he seems to attract. Yeah. And it, it all seemed like they had the same mold. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? I think he's a good quarterback's coach. I can't put nothing um, bad on him on that. But I think he thinks – if he gets them, he can fix them and do whatever. But I think he saw quick, like you're saying, episode two. I think he saw quick that he he wasn't gonna be able to coach Malik, so he was like, "Hey, you gotta go." Nah, he like he was the epitome of I don't care. Right. I just don't give a damn. I, I want things my way, and that's it's sad, bro. It's really sad. It is, man. It is. I, I agree. But um, so. What we got next, man? I guess we... Cause, Move along, sing a different song. Yeah, because so, I don't want to keep talking about old Malik Henry, man, because he... Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, so we're going we gonna to push this topic on to another... So, Mr. LBJ... Ramon. Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> so, he has sat down, and he has his I Promise School. Yeah. And, you know, when I saw that, 
I was tickled pink. Oh, I know you were. Because <laughs> that is the blueprint. And, and shouts out to Jalen Rose, man, the Jalen Rose Academy. Because he's got, he got the same thing as well, man. So I don't want to think, I don't want to let anybody think that LBJ is doing something groundbreaking. There's other people out here that has schools of that nature. Um, but what's different about his versus everybody else is the actual structure of how it's going to happen. You, you're talking about how different LB, excuse me, LBJ's is compared to uh, Jalen, right. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you're talking about these guys, these kids are going to go from from kindergarten all the way through, and when they get to graduate, there is actually a full scholarship waiting. Now, we're not talking about all A's, all B's. If you graduate and you meet the standards to graduate high school, you are allowed to go to college for free to Akron Akron University. So that's amazing, bro. So does he have like a um, like a a setup or a system with Akron University? Yeah, he has to. Okay. He has to. Yeah. So he he has it where that it's paid for. He's investing. And these kids, man, and that is awesome, man. Like, like I said, I'm not taking away from anybody else, but it just took me aback that I've always been. I always said that in order for that tree to grow, it has to be planted and nurtured and watered, the proper sunlight, and it will grow. We can't always meet the kids at the very end that just make the A's and B's because everybody learns differently. Everybody remembers things differently. Everybody. Uh, matures differently right. so but if we're all on an even playing field yes there's going to be people that's going to be above above others but we're all going to be able to learn and and be educated in a conducive environment for learning and i think that's what he's going to provide and there's other places out there man that's doing the same thing but this one here um is just so awesome to me because this is somebody who's so far thinking you know this is something that would happen to someone who would think like this probably in his late you know his early 40s or further down in his career you know now i'm i'm very impressed by the dude you know i was i was reading and it it said that he's gonna offer free tuition free uniforms free bicycles and helmets yeah uh Free transportation within two miles. Free breakfast, lunch, and snacks. Now that's that's a big one. Free breakfast and lunch, like, and food pantry for yeah. families. Man, this is like for families exactly. Because you know, one of the biggest things is a lot of these kids go to school and it's their only meal. right. And and this is big, bro. Like, I mean, like this can't go. I mean, right now I give them a SB or whatever humanitarian award just for starting this school because. This is a big deal, like, and you you always talk about. It. You're a big proponent of. Uh, you always talk about the grassroots, and this is a perfect example of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's it's making it's hitting it's hitting home for everything that you see your with growing up in, in in our in our situations growing up. It hits home for every situation. You know what I'm saying? How many times your friends come over? And your mom, like your mom on that episode of uh, our Mother's Day episode, when your mom said she would open the refrigerator up and let people eat because they didn't know if that was going to be their only meal. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's so, it's just so cool to see that he remembers where he's where he came from. He remembers the things that that he lacked as, as a young child that he's now, not only just given three meals, but hey, Come, we have a food pantry. Take some food home to provide food and nourishment for your kids. Man, this is so huge, man. I, and I, I'm not trying to make him better than anybody else, but this is the stuff that I'm talking right. about. This is the stuff that we, this is what we're, this is why Talker Brothers was done because we want to shed light on this type of stuff. It's not always about the bad. There are people out here doing some awesome things, man, and and, it's, and we want to make sure that we as talking brothers shed light on it. Yeah, and 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 that's what I like, man. You see, and uh, you know, we we even talked about it on the the uh, 
why boogie why episode about these uh big contracts that these players are getting in at in sports and everything and for him to get this big contract that he has and use it for something that's just so positive i mean this is going this is going to have a profound effect on millions of people i'm not even gonna say that i'm gonna say millions because this is gonna spread like other people are gonna be like man i need to step up and do something like this for my hometown you know what i mean because i mean it's people that like their school and he made a whole school but there's people whose schools who are failing in their states where they grew up and they ain't even gave them money i'm I'm gonna say you know they haven't gave them money to help the school get back on his feet and this guy opened up a whole school and had a big vision and his vision just I'm amazed at his yeah. vision, and he made it come come to fruition. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he, his his thing is, his quote was, "We're going to be that groundbreaking school that will be nationally recognized model for urban and public school excellence." Yep, urban and public school excellence. We're not talking about suburbia. You know, we're talking about urban issues. We're talking about urban problems, and he's he he has identified, he has recognized. And he has a model and a blueprint that I've been screaming to the top of my lungs, but only a few people can hear. I don't have the influence like he has. And I know he's putting up a lot of bread, but because LeBron James is LeBron James, how many phone calls did he make? <laughs> hey, I got this idea. Right. <laughs> can you can you drop some bread? Can you invest? Right? Right. <laughs> so we know it's not all coming his from his pocket, but the sheer influence of LeBron James is getting this done. And it's man i'm excited man i'm excited about ti project i'm excited about this project and i'm excited and i hope that everybody else would get aboard and understand that no he's not going to save everybody right you can't save everybody but if you provide them the opportunity then just saving one and making a difference in one family's life and it eventually have a trickle effect and help more than more, more and more and more down the line. But this is good, man. This is good stuff right oh, here. Oh, this is yeah, this is awesome, man. I'm like I said, like I I did lose. I was I started off a LeBron fan, and then I lost. I did. I wasn't a fan anymore when he left to go to Miami. But regardless of what, however you feel about him on the court off the court this man is head and shoulders above everybody else because he's done so much off the court that you know than any other player i can say probably in any sport that i can remember you know what i mean so i mean not just this school he's done many other things and i mean he's been offered scholarships to uh kids to go to college so he's really big on that man that just shows how much of a a presence he is and how much of a force he is in today's uh, society man I'm yeah man for, for the city of akron to partner with him and say yeah let's do it because this because he's lebron james yeah <laughs> you know when the, when the lebron james family foundation call you listen yeah you know yeah. and that's what and i'm not trying to throw other other anybody under the brush but you know who i feel should be doing the same thing it just I, it's just not happening that way but I hope that he forces continuously forced change, man. Oh, yeah. And like, he's just one of those people that, again, <clears throat> don't think your star won't shine bright because you want to provoke change. Your star your star just might shine even brighter by trying to provoke change, you know? Yeah. And his situation, he just remembers, man. It's good that he see he remembers and attacking it from what he remembers and how he needs it how he wants it to get get done and get better no doubt man i'm like i said i'm i'm very proud of the young man and like i, I keep we keep talking about these stories man and just be motivating me to want to get out there and do something and see how i can be part of it and that's part of that change i mean like if you if you weren't inspired by him doing that school man then you're part of the problem you know what i mean so um I'm just happy, man, that it's out there for for that to do, and I can't wait to see it trickle down. No doubt, and and, and Mr. LBJ, salute. <clears throat> no doubt, and you know, when sticking with the LBJ theme, because he he's doing multiple things. If, if you want to say, um, did you hear about him 
getting ready to executive produce this Madam C.J. Walker uh, series t- television show. Oh yeah, I, I saw that. He's 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 got that on deck, man. He's got the HBO just picked up the shop, so he's he's definitely again he went to LA and it wasn't just for no basketball. I think it was just more for him to get his to be in tensile time so that he can can mass produce all the ideas that he has. So he's a uh, he's a multifold talented t- talented dude, man. And, and like I always say, you're only good as the people that you surround yourself by. And he's only one man, and and I know he has he spit these ideas out, man. He's got good people in place to help him uh, develop and execute these deals. Yeah, and I'm I'm like I said, I'm I'm just ready to see others step up, like you said. I'm I'm waiting for. I don't know if I, I'm throw it out there, but I ain't seen uh, Jay Z say he finna open a school. But I like to see he got the money. Hey, I call them all on the carpet, man. <laughs> I call them all on the carpet because at the end of the day. You can't take it with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you can pass it on. And this is my biggest thing. This is my biggest fear about um, these people of wealth is you have these family members that, that don't champion your same intentions. You know, that you can, they'll, they'll, I fear that they will squander those riches before they empower others with those with that riches. Okay. You know, it's only so much that you can do. So for him, you know, just like uh, I think it's Bill Gates or one of them that they have their kids are on the trust fund. Yep. All the money that he has when he perish, <laughs> all you getting a, a a lump sum and the rest is going to charity. Yeah. You know, so you can't take it with you. So invest it and, and help others, man. I mean if you if you're if you give it back, it's gonna come back tenfolds over, man. And then just, and I don't mean to jump back to that because we definitely want to get shed some light on his 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 TV <laughs> deals and stuff that he's got going on. But man, he's making moves, man. Not only for entertainment, but socially, economically, he's he's covering it all bases. Yeah, and you know, like we were saying, like with this Madam C.J. Walker, man, that's that's some good history that. Um, need to be spread man and so i'm glad that he jumped in and and did that because she's a you know important part of the black history um movement you know what i mean like she she played a a great part in that and to see like octavia spencer get on there and um play her role in this which to me she's becoming one of the go-to stars she's always been good at what she's she's done but um she's becoming one of the go-to stars to play these roles so in all these movies so I'm, I'm just happy to see like everybody doing good man you, you can't I mean I don't know you can't hate on people when they doing good man so I, I just appreciate it you know what I mean oh yeah no doubt so let's go and get to this wrap up big shots out to Mr. LBJ keep doing what you're doing for sure for sure so first wrap up I'm gonna go first this time uh, I wanna give a big shots out to Evelyn Magley uh, for becoming the first black woman in the U.S. to own a men's professional sports league. So big shouts out to you. She, her and her father, I mean, her and her husband, um, ex-NBA player David Bagley, who serves as president of the organization, together they're putting a, a 12 to 16 team league together across 40 markets throughout U.S. and Canada. Um, and giving not, not only that, but they're giving opportunities for others to own franchises and it's not a lot of money. If you don't make the NBA or the G League, they're offering $1,500 to $7,500 a month for players to participate in their league. Um, first African-American woman to own an actual league, not a team, a league. So big shots out to Evelyn Magley. Yeah, big shots out to her. That's that's big. Um, i like to give a shout out to six-year-old. Once again, I say six-year-old, Kennedy O'Neill. Kennedy O'Neill wrote a book and she sold 10,000 copies and garnered the national attention with her debut book. She was on like Steve Harvey, Good Morning America, just promoting her book. And what her book uh, has done is shown, it's talked about savings and all that stuff. So she has shown kids how to start their own business and, um, you know, try to save money. And it's geared toward five to 14 year olds. And just to have this vision, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure her parents helped her out and guided her. But just to have this vision at six years old is a must. So 
she's always like when they young like that i look for them for the future to see what they gonna do when they get older if they're doing it this young you know most definitely big shots out and then the last uh wrap up I, i'll hit you with man is just they had a um all black um debate team from atlanta so you know i gotta shout out the um my atlanta brethren brethren trying to get my jamaican thing on but um <laughs> yeah man <laughs> <laughs> these guys um they they noticed that you know there was a lack of african-american representation on the debate teams and they actually went out there and um started participating in this um debate for their uh, school and they actually went and got recognized at at harvard and won scholarships and stuff like that so you know what i'm saying it was like 400 students around the world that competed in the tournament and it was like what they which is crazy to me 10 hour academic regiment and these guys um you know started blazing the trail so big shout out to these uh uh students that won the debate team this all black team and, and and anybody else that's out there that has these these good these good stories of of of, our, of us doing wonderful things please share them join the uh, join our facebook group um join follow us on facebook instagram so that we can shed light on these stories man we we definitely our motto is it's easy to do negative but it's hard to be positive and let's keep sharing these stories let's keep talking about it. let's keep bringing awareness to this because um, there is a difference being made. We can't just always. Seems like the the news is monopolized by what we do wrong and not what we do good. And not, again, we're not definitely not trying to not put light on it, but we just want to empower you to know that there is some positive stuff out here for us to do and us to um, aspire to be for us as adults and for our children in in, in this world. No doubt, man. That's well said, brother. I can't even follow that up. <laughs> So with that being said, much love. We out. Peace. We have returned to claim the pyramid. Partying on the mothership. I am the mothership connection. Get down in 3D. Light year groove.